Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. This is Nerder She Wrote with your host, Dave Dufour. With Mo Dekeel. Are you ready to be entertained? And Seth Hartnell. Welcome to the Athletic NBA Show. It's Friday, and I'm Dave DeBoer. That means it's Nerder. She wrote, joining me as he does each and every week, my main man, Mo DeKeel, and filling in, some say, taking his starting place, Katie Heindel, filling in for Seth Partner, who's on vacation. Katie Heindel from Basketball Feelings. Hello, Katie. Hi, guys. Time I'm up, new, rocks. I'm the new Seth. You we, are the we new upgraded. Seth. We upgraded. <laughs> We upgraded, Dave. Don't tell us. Upgraded. <laughs> we just need some stats. That's it. That's all you have to do. Give us some stats. We'll we take care of the rest. Just okay. one number. Just throw I, one I number. I have one out number there. ready. So yeah. yeah. Oh, you have a stat ready. Yeah, I have a stat ready. Okay. We, 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 we'll wait till we get to that in the show. We'll wait that, till we get to oh, it. It's oh, going to oh, be okay. really not, natural. Yeah. Okay, okay. Perfect. All right. Um, <laughs> well, as we like to do when we start the show, we want to start with your favorite thing, um, Katie. You, would you like to go first? I would love to. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, my favorite thing uh, was the women's final four tournament and the championship game. I was in Dallas. I went down. I got to to cover the whole weekend, kind of be in the thick of it, in the chaos of it, in like the all around, I'd say good vibes of it. All the negative stuff that happened after was not happening in Dallas, which was so refreshing and very lovely. Um, all the games were good, but I got to say that title game was, oof, it was outstanding. LSU, when you watch LSU play, you're just like, this is one of the most together on a string teams. So technically good, but having so much fun and which is just kind of like a death kiss, I think for any opponent when you're getting worked <laughs> and the team beating you is like having a blast. That's rough. Yeah. And they're frustrated physical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super they were physical. very physical and in physical in that game. So I actually, and I've talked about this a lot. Women's college basketball is my favorite league to watch in the U S I don't have a lot of time to watch it, but when it comes to game flow style of the game, which is what, you know, when I'm watching basketball for fun, that's what I care about. It's the best for me. There's still mm -hmm. post play. I mean, that, that game in particular, I mean, the post is so important. And this is where Caitlin Clark's whole, you know, her whole game really flips the game on its head is that post play is so important there. And so it's, it's a little bit of a throwback. It's a, you know, below the rim league, which for me, like I love Euro league for one of those reasons where the, the, your team matters so much more when, when the athleticism isn't the K the main thing. And so that game in particular was so enjoyable to watch. Um, I thought the referees were, 
a bit shaky, but you know, that's always going to happen. We're always going to talk about the refs in those, in those situations, but thought it was a lot of fun. And all of the negative stuff that happened after is just silly. Yeah, it is very silly I, because in the moment, like in the moment, you, you, it, it has to all be contextualized within the game. Right. And I right. think that's where you start to run into trouble. And like in the moment, Angel Reese, like trailing Caitlin Clark around on the floor, you know, pointing at her finger, waving her hand in front of her face. Like Caitlin Clark truly didn't even notice because she's so zeroed in and she's, you know, there's still seconds left for them to turn it around. And I think that's what people don't understand is like, if these two people, like the main, the main characters right. involved in this, like, storyline everybody wants to happen so bad are so unbothered by it and are just like i don't pay any attention to this then i don't think we should be either we no no this is listen here's the thing women's basketball has to be welcomed into the world of how much we ruin things (laughs) that's true and that's 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 a coming of age (laughs) moment you know it's 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 you have arrived we're gonna fuck it up now yeah. So is this I, thing I, good and and like yeah, is this thing awesome, good and peaceful pure and like excellent? Yeah. So is <laughs> we're gonna toxicity. fuck it up now. That's it. That's what you just have to get ready for. Unfortunately, the, you the, know, the uh, positive spin on the toxicity is that women's basketball, women's college basketball has arrived. Is, is and, what Mo was saying. And please don't anybody <laughs> aggregate this. I don't think that it gets appropriate. But no. this is just what we do. And right. and when I mean we, that's it. Mostly men. We suck. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I just um I don't know, man. I, I talk about this all the time. Basketball is a is a shit talking sport. Mm-hmm. It, it always has been. And it always should be. It's good for the game. And look at look at the buzz that's generated by by these talented players who also happen to talk a little shit. So I, I mean I think I don't know, just everybody should just grow up. And I don't mean that for the high uh, for the college basketball players. They should continue to have fun. Yeah, they should be continue to be exactly as they are. Exactly. Everybody else, all the adults in the room should grow up. That's right. Grow up Uh, for me. Mine is not quite as as big of a deal, but pretty epic. It's one play. Victor Wimanyama, I think, is going to break the sport of basketball. Seven foot five. He's playing a game. He's working hard, trying to get a shot. Late shot clock situation. This guy's handle, first of all, doesn't make any sense for his height. And then he dribbles himself into a step back off the dribble three. You know, totally normal for a guy who's seven foot five, completely normal. Lands on one foot, realizes mid shot that his shot is short and coming front rim. Immediately pivots. Upon landing from his step back jumper into the lane, into a put back dunk. Mo, you ever seen anything like this? <laughs> no, and I don't think anybody has. And I and what I mean by that is people have to understand your momentum off the step back is pulling you away from the basket. And to have the cat-like reflexes to just respond and not just dunk it, but like cock it back a little bit. And then dunk it. No, this dude's an alien. That's all. That's all. I, he's just an alien. I sorry, Katie. How much hyperbole would he be spoken about with if he was a Toronto Raptor next year? <laughs> oh God, no, we can't allow that. 
Well, I mean, Good the hype question. machine in Toronto I think we'd was run unparalleled. Out. Yeah. yeah, I think we'd, uh, I think we'd run out of. He'd be prime minister. Yeah, probably. <laughs> the you know, Trudeau's is, had a good run. He's, I mean, he's already a bit of a myth. You know, he's he's a he's a basketball Paul Bunyan. Even though we're seeing everything right now, you know, th- these guys they don't really exist. I mean, he is legitimately, as of right now, he makes me think about, and he's not big enough to be as dominant inside as Shaq, but it's like Shaq and Steph Curry to a certain Mm -hmm. degree. Like those guys changed the geometry of the game individually, but in different ways, obviously Shaq brought everything inside, opened up the outside and Steph did the opposite. This dude can do both. And one of the, the things that, that really stood out to me about the putback, not just the athleticism, not just, you know, the handle to get there. How about the recognition? That's some amazing feel. For his own game. And and that's going to just, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be, you know, Tim Duncan. I don't think he's going to be rookie of the year, uh, potential MVP candidate right away. But mm-hmm. I do think that this guy is going to have 10 or 15 plays next year. That just totally breaks our brains just because we've never seen anything like him. Well, he also like speeds the timing up, right? Because even when he got to that put back, like it takes him a half step less time to get anywhere or do anything. Yeah. So, you know, whether or not he's going to be super fast pace, pacey wise, like he's going to speed up the game, certainly for his team, whoever his team ends up being uh, and for their opponents. And like, that's very interesting to me down the road, the trickle down of that. I mean, the decision-making for all young players right now, I have a theory about Minecraft and decision-making in basketball. And I wonder if, oh if one has, has played into the other. I mean, you ever try to play Minecraft or even Fortnite where you have to, you know, one of these shooter games where you have to shoot and build and all these other kids are making more decisions per minute on average than we were when we were kids. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. And it's making them better at basketball. That's my theory, my working theory. Mo, what's your favorite thing this week? My favorite thing was Dave. I was wrong. I hated <laughs> playing. My favorite thing was every announced- time. I was, it was, I was so anti-playing tournament. All the, all the regular season is your playing tournament, all the rhetoric, all that stuff. We've had absolutely phenomenal basketball towards the end of the season, not just this year, but really the last couple of years because of it. Um, I was wrong. I got to own it. The playing tournament has been absolutely awesome. The intensity of games on a nightly basis right now is phenomenal, especially in the Western conference. Um, I think it's, absolutely amazing and and they nailed it and you know i just that's all i got my favorite thing was i was wrong because it rarely ever happens (laughs) i mean i wasn't wrong because in theory it seemed okay i worried about it devaluing the playoffs because you get to a point where it's 20 teams essentially making the postseason but i do think that the way that they've kind of they've split that difference a little bit and they've added the single elimination element and the play in itself has added some single elimination games to the end of the season, Katie. And this is just like, it has felt like playoff basketball for a few weeks now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It adds, I think a level of excitement right off the jump. Cause you know, unless your team is really involved, I don't think a lot of fans necessarily watch like through the whole first round or even like NBA kind of generalists don't really start watching until things are heating up or if they hear things are heating up. Whereas this, I think, you know, the tournament style, it does harken back to something just like single elimination college basketball, which people definitely couldn't get enough of this year. So it comes at a really good time for that. Um, 
Well, I was like you. I was very much like, why do you have to gamify a game? Like it's already <laughs> what it is. But um, I'm 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 more excited for the play-in than I think some of the first rounds we're gonna see. It honestly has been one of the most fan-friendly changes the NBA's made because it has mm-hmm. given so many fan bases something to care about. Mm-hmm. Look. I'm not, I have not been a part of media long enough to be, have any sort of responsibility for the rings culture, but it's nice that there, that there are fans out there watching their teams who are going to make their, their draft stock worse, but they're rooting for them to win games. And like, cause ultimately that's the stuff that matters. Like you want your team to win mm-hmm. and play the game to win, not play the game for next year or play the game for Victor women, Yama, which are okay. Uh, you don't have to twist my arm on that one. You're okay tanking this year. Yeah, you know what I mean, Mo? No, I mean what I love about it is just take a team like Oklahoma City, who listen, there was no playing tournament. They would be putting out a very similar product to what the Portland Trailblazers is putting out, which is garbage. And that's a whole other story for another podcast for another day. Yes, I'm mad at you, Portland. Um, but they're playing. And they're, they're playing to make the playing tournament and hopefully the playoffs. And this stuff matters for young teams, for young kids. I even like the fact that Orlando tried for it. It was a bit far-fetched for them, but they made a run for it. They were the last team in the Eastern Conference to be eliminated from the playing tournament. And I think, oh, I love the cat. Yes, the cat just <laughs> rolled in. I loved it. Uh, I want your cat Please. to be nicer to you than I want Seth's cat to be mean to him. So that's, that's the... We'll the, see. I, I always want Seth's cat to attack him in the middle of the pod. Um, She's probably going to. No, we don't want that. Not <laughs> not Kate. We like Katie. Seth. Eh. Um, but I think this is an important aspect for what we get in the playoffs. And and I think this is important for young teams with all of that. So I love it. And they, they've nailed it because a few years ago, this Oklahoma City team, three games out of the eight seed, man, they would have packed it in much earlier and, and we'd be looking at another bad Another game I could go, oh, they're playing Oklahoma City. I don't need to watch because they're playing Poku at point guard again. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply the development aspect of this is something that I think that isn't talked about enough establishing winning habits, especially for young teams. And this seems like a natural transition for our big topic, which is a vibe check. (laughs) Katie Heindel is here to do a vibe check on a couple of teams in similar situations. uh, If you just look at the standings, both teams, the 11 seed in a 10 seed playoff system in East and West, We got the Dallas Mavericks and the Orlando Magic. And obviously, 
the weight of expectations, totally different for these teams, Katie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, similar in standings. I'd say polar opposite <laughs> in vibes. <laughs> um, and even like as if we had didn't have enough to talk about, I guess we should thank Mark Cuban for going on that strange. I didn't even well, know what you would call that availability. Very like, defensive. Courtside defensive chat. When you're ending every sentence with right, 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 then you know, you're 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 it's very clear you're one trying to pander, but also trying to get one up on everybody that you're talking to, trying to be kind of the smartest guy in the room. But should we well, who should we start with? Do you want to start with the Mavs? I mean, Do you want to start with the magic? Let's <laughs> let's go with the Mavs, but I want to jump in on this Cuban thing here real quick. Mm. Well, let's okay. set the scene first, Smoke. Go ahead. You or me? Oh, no, you. Go ahead and set the scene. I mean, basically, I'm, I'm not even really just going to do a just great paraphrase. job setting the scene, but yeah. just the whole thing of him. He was upset reliving the Jalen Brunson uh, exiting last season and basically said it was fine till the parents got involved. No, it wasn't. You had a chance to sign this dude at a discount on the extension. You turned it down. You mm -hmm. had a chance to do it midseason. You turned it down. And then his value skyrocketed. And then you said, okay, I want to pay you now. And you're mad he didn't give you the right to match the offer. He didn't have any reason to give you that, that right. You gave him no reason to give him that. And this is a long history of what the Mavs do. And I think their front office in general is just not very good. Poor roster construction across the board. Everything like that. I know we're going to get into the vibes check in a second. Pretty sure we all know what it is. But I think the... Uh, <laughs> But I just think from Cuban's perspective, like when he's making those comments, I'm like, bro, look at your mirror. Do you have one? I mean, everyone does, right? You know, and I think that's an important aspect. And I think he need, they need to look inside to what they're doing wrong because that's on them. For years, we've been talking about like this should be a free agent destination, but they're never able to sign a free agent. That's something they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something they have to understand about it. And the Jalen Brunson thing actually probably hurts them with future free agents. That's a great point. And getting upset about the Rick Brunson relationship is so weird when the NBA is all about relationships. Every single time it's about relationships. You can make a good argument that Nico Harrison, who came from Nike, was there not for the basketball, but because of the relationships. I mean, going and getting Kyrie Irving, they had a working relationship at Nike. Like, this is all, this is this is the game. So to come out and, number one, it's a little bit disrespectful to, to the media and the public because you're, you're trying to say stuff to us that we just know is not true. And, mm -hmm. and just repeating right over and over again doesn't make it so. But also, like he's correct... the decision maker. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're good. You're good. The only correct thing that he said, which was just like, this is what you're leading with, was when he was like talking about how the team has no um, identity. But when that's well, okay. what you're leading with. And again, <laughs> whose fault is that? I mean, it's, yes. you, you know, Luka Doncic and, and the squad that they had together last year, they made a conference finals. Now, that, they were not a conference finals level team, but they still went mm -hmm. on a run. And they made a decision to go away from the thing that was the hallmark of that team and try to build a whole different thing with, you know, lesser players until they get Kyrie Irving, who is a better player than Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie. But did he fit that thing that got them so far last year? No. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So well, the vibes being a little off, I mean, yeah, they don't have an identity. They're a new team. <laughs> They are a new team, but it's very strange that they're uh, like a perennially new team for as long as Luka Doncic has been there. Like that's, they've never, it's because I, and I won't say it's not ever up to one player, 
to be the identity for the team. They can certainly be like, you know, um, the, the kind of like soul, like maybe the carrier of that identity, but it's certainly not their responsibility to, to figure out what that is. And I would say like, that's also just not the kind of character it seems like Luca is. Um, to the Kyrie point, like ironically, he's one of the ones who's playing the most competent he's basketball and well beyond that, like he's actually kind of trying pretty hard, which I did not really see, honestly, happening when he went there. I thought he was just kind of bailing, you know, a sinking ship like everybody else was in Brooklyn. But the horrendous vibes to me just go back. They just go back season after season. And there's all these stop gaps that have been put in place. You've got like very credible allegations against horrible treatment of women within your within your uh, team for years and years and years. You kind of like back pocket this sort of stuff. You don't really ever address it full on. You bring in somebody like Jason Kidd, who just not even on the personal level and how that ties to the history of your franchise, but has a terrible track record right. of one coaching in general to ever turning a team around. And now you're getting into the second year Jason Kidd experience, which is just like a tried and true thing. It is like as sure as the seasons. I, I will say that that this year to Jason Kidd thing has been different. He's, it doesn't seem like he's making power plays. It totally seems like he's been Jesus take the wheel yes. as far as a coach goes. Yes. I mean, you know, and, and look, you don't get what Kyrie did, you know, against the Kings where he goes off for 19 points unless, with a, without a little bit of a invisible hand as a coach. I mean, you have to allow your individual stars to flourish. But, I mean, he has absolutely cost them actual games down the stretch, not using timeouts, not, not literally not using timeouts, mm -hmm. not calling plays, just not injecting himself into the game whatsoever. So I was kind of shocked. Dave, that, Dave, that the, Dave, 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 he's like us. He's just sitting on true. the sidelines <laughs> he's like us. Watching. He's watching. got no power. What are you expecting him to do? He's just like us. He's I mean, just I like us to watch watching the game. game. He just I, wants I, to watch the game. <laughs> Listen, I, I will say this. For all of the desperation they seem to kind of have around them every time the, the ball is out on the court, it doesn't seem like like there's an internal strife. Like the guys seem to get along. Like this is not a dejected group. They they are playing hard. They just aren't that good. Well, it's funny because I thought in the first half of that game against Sacramento, I didn't think they were playing hard at all. I thought they were ready to pack it up. Let's go. Let's go home. The second half, they really showed a lot of fight. And I think a lot of that did come from Kyrie and also Christian Wood, who had a really good fourth quarter yeah. in that run. I think there was a lot of that stuff there. I don't think one person shares the blame for the vibes and things like that. I think that's a, a, a cross. He starts from the top and the organization all the way down to all the way to just protesting a game, mm -hmm. yeah, which is just a bad look and just looks lame. And a protest that we all knew was never going to <laughs> go their way we knew it was going to get dismissed easily as as it was announced today and i just think like all of that stuff is just it's not us it it's reeks them. of desperation oh, in a absolutely. bad way in yeah. such and, and, and at least there's a desperation of like oh crap we got a ball out to make the playoffs yes. like the lakers are in desperate mode right now trying to make the playoffs and get out of the playing tournament right this desperation from them from time to time is just like just so different in that it way borderlines like, on exasperation 
Yeah, right? there it, you go. It's, they are they they waffle that line, right? I, I will say that that Kyrie fourth quarter. I'm gonna I, I will remember it because it was it was a beautiful basketball quarter because it was desperate. It it was I'm trying to save my season. Also, maybe a little bit of I'm trying to save my five year max contract. Okay, so I'm not gonna say that that there aren't multiple motivations, but. The truth is that Kyrie has not been the problem, in my opinion. Defense, we can argue about, but I, I do think his offensive play has been really good. I think he has done a good job of trying to blend in. His pick-and-roll work has been exceptional, I think, w- with Christian Wood especially. He gets the most out of Christian Wood. Mm-hmm. So the Kyrie experience, while at, on a whole, has not been great. I'd be curious to see if they could bring it back next year. I mean, you have Kyrie and Luka you have a shot in just about every game as long as you can fill out the rest of your rotation with guys who can defend it and who can play around those guys, but they didn't have it. So uh, I don't think Mark Cuban's out of line for saying they don't have an identity, but it is hilarious. So, so the vibes being weird is like, yeah, what do you expect? I'm glad you brought up the desperation thing though, because what he did yesterday, it made me think, have we ever seen a good or not desperate like outcome from a GM or owner doing these like impromptu or even more formal pressers in the middle of like a team season in crisis, never. And I sort of love them for that because they become a beautiful spiral where if you pay close enough attention, you wind up learning so much more about the team than you even question what was wrong with them. They, they usually will answer questions that aren't asked of them. You know, like you get, you get a lot of Intel into that just by how aggressive they are on certain things as he as Mark Cuban was yesterday, how like forced casual they are on other things. So I like those, but yeah, it was pretty cringy and it doesn't really instill. I think the idea is like, Oh, I'll show even my team that I've got their back, but probably everybody in that locker room is like, man, I wish you wouldn't have. It's an awful sign. It's an awful sign when you're the owner of your team and the GM have to come out in the same week and say that Jason Kidd's our guy. That's bad. That's bad for your team while you're trying to make the playoffs. And then, you know, they asked him and, and, you know, it stinks. Look, I don't want to be in this position, so I don't envy Mark Cuban for having to answer these questions. Mm -hmm. They ask him, you know, what's your is is Kyrie Irving re-signing a a priority? Yes, of course. What about Christian Wood? Well, I can't go through the whole roster. I don't want to start naming guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, um, sorry, Christian Wood, but uh, that says a lot to you, I think. So I just, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, but he probably would have been better off not saying anything, especially while they're fighting for a playoff spot. Does anybody really believe that there's a possibility Jason Kidd's coming back? Like there's a, I think it's 50-50 at this point. Like don't put your back yourself into the corner saying Kidd's going to be our coach next year. Because what happens if Luka Doncic comes in the exit meeting? It's me or him. He gone, he gone so quick. And I think that's the, the, uh, uh, I just think you put yourself in a bad position just on that side alone with that. But it it's just, the Mavs are just, uh, right now at this point, it's, it's really sad. Mm-hmm. This is the part where were. I defend and, Jason Kidd, by the way, this is the part where I defend Jason Kidd. And I say, Hey, look, it's in the same team that he, that he did his thing with last year, which he did do his thing last year. Okay. He did a really good job coaching up that defense last year. So, it's not the same roster. It's not the same team. He, you know, changing on the fly. You know couldn't figure it out. 
I'm, I'm sorry. I love you, Dave. I'm calling bullshit. All right. Yeah, Even I'm though done, they I'm lost Jalen Brunson, they were a bad defense before the trade. It's yeah. true. It's true. And, yeah. and, they were and bad. so whatever he did last year didn't work the next year. And I Port think JaVale. that's the, 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 the yeah, poor Javale. You bring in like the no, not poor Javale. They signed <laughs> yes. three years. You bring in the penultimate I, that's vibes actually guy. True. Rich Javale, but still, it's, yeah, it's great for him off court. Yeah. But you bring in the vibes guy, and you 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 squander the vibes. Basically, yeah. the last thing I'll say is the Mavs shouldn't be too worried. There's probably going to be plenty of weird coaches <laughs> hitting the market this summer. <laughs> 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 man oh man i have a lot to say there but as you've probably heard by now we've teamed up with BetMGM this season we'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet use bonus code the athletic and you'll get a one-year subscription to the athletic plus up to a fifteen hundred dollar first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. here's how it works Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Let's move to a little bit more optimistic situation. And that's the Orlando Magic, who have just been pretty damn good this year, meaning 2023. That's a team that's competed and Actually, and they had an outside shot at making the play in in the East. I mean, of course, it's, um, you know, it's tricky for a young team to win that many games. And there's an argument to be made whether you want to win that many games when you're that young. And speaking of Dallas having an issue with talent, part of it, it was Luca was too good, too fast. Mm -hmm. And so you can't be as bad when you have players that are that good. And with Paolo, you could have a similar situation. He's a very good player. guy, you know, a, a 20 point a night guy right off the bat. How do you like Orlando? I like them. My here's my stat for a team that was projected to win only 26 games prior to the season start. They're sitting at 34, which honestly for the magic feels substantial. It also means that they've been a late elimination, right? Like they've been, they, they, it came right down to the wire in terms of were they going to make like a play in type situation? Were they not? And they played that way. I think they played that way right up to it. They're still playing that way. I think they're going to try and get the most out of, you know, the very small sliver of the rest of their season. But Dave, like they you said it. A lot of guys are out tonight. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, you had to. We had to ruin <laughs> it live. You did. But Dave, you said it before we started recording, which is like, you're not hearing anything bad uh, out of Orlando, you know, out of what they're trying to do, which does remind me of We've talked about this before, I think, but it's that sweet spot when these kind of like secret fun teams get into where it's this rare period before anybody starts talking about them, which I think is what's going to happen to the magic happen to the Cavs. I think it's what's going to happen to the magic 
next season. You know, you've got a lot of young dudes who are putting stuff together, who've learned a lot of tough lessons, who are competing and just like genuinely do seem to like each other. And much like the Kings, this is so nice for the Orlando Magic franchise as a whole. Uh, the, if I can just correct you, it's going to be another one of those teams that is only talked about on Nerder for like every single week. <laughs> For, for months and then everyone will talk about it's it. gonna get to the okay. point i'm gonna have to put a ban on them we, well, we had, had to, to do, do it with cleveland. memphis and, and cleveland yeah, so, so you know my bad on that but this is i, I love that you brought up that they're late elimination winning games actually teaches you how to win more games it's not often that that great players go from a 25 win team to a 55 win team you have to build on that and so, and I think about the youth that they have, and I, I'm really, I'm thinking about Paolo, right? Like, cause that's the guy who's mm-hmm. going to be a star for them. Franz maybe could be a nice second or third guy over there, but Paolo may be the number one guy when this team gets to the playoffs, which I think they're a play-in team next year. Like, I, I do think that they're going to be able to build on what they've got. But when you look at that, you're like, okay, well, how's that guy going to learn to be better? Well, he's going to win 35, 36 games as a rookie as opposed to 24. So already that's, you know, uh, what is that? An extra third of the reps of winning games, closing games, finishing games next year, they go 500, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, totally in, in the wheelhouse. When you look at just a small improvement and then this guy has been playing competitive basketball for his first two seasons in the NBA, instead of just tanking. I mean, look at the guys in Houston. They have so much young talent, and Mo, we've talked about this. Part of that is just organizational. There's a little bit of a lack of organization uh, in, in the specific development of these players. And they've been better at the end of the year. But still, is that a situation where any young player would choose? I don't think so, Mo. I mean, no, They've Houston's kind of squandered their, their opportunity right now. We'll, we'll see what happens down the road for them. I'm kind of hesitant a little bit on the Orlando thing, Dave, in terms of calling them a potential playing tournament team next year because that's what i did with detroit last year we know how that ended up this season with all of that but i just love the group that they have and i think there's a lot of amazing stories in there remember markel fultz like just remember that whole situation like he's an actual basketball player right now in a way where just think about it this way three years ago him and ben simmons looked like they were on total different trajectories in a career and now it's flip-flopped and i think mm-hmm. that goes a long way with that stuff. I mean, we talked about Bonchero. We talked about Franz Wagner being an unbelievable player. I like what they've done as a team. Wendell Carter Jr. Picked him up from Chicago and have revived his career to a degree, you know, kind of gave him a, a role as a young player and he's really stepping up. It's just there. There's no way you can't talk about the magic and not smile. It's kind of that simple. Like when you think about it, it's like they're, they've become a very big league pass team. You watch a ton of them. They've won some, big games they beat boston they beat golden state they've taken teams to the wire they've won at the buzzer they've lost some games at the buzzer they're learning to win close games they've and a lot of that is by losing close games first i love what they're doing and hopefully the trajectory is going the way we're gonna say dave and and hopefully we're gonna all jump on that wagon (laughs) but like i think there's there's just a great group in that and i think also a lot of it we got to talk about jamal mosley doing a freaking phenomenal job as a coach there as a first year, first time head coach really kind of getting a lot out of that team and that, those youngsters. 
And and mm-hmm. just think he could be the head coach in Dallas right now. We maybe could be talking about a totally different situation. But I'm glad you brought up Markel Fultz because low-key, Orlando has actually been really good for their young guys who've been injured. And I know, you know, Jonathan Isaacs had some really awful luck. But they never turned their back on him in any way. There was never, you know, I, I never even heard, oh, maybe they'll try to do a salary dump or something like that. And Markel is one of those situations where – they worked him on the mental side. They worked him on the physical side and they gave him the space that he needed to, to be better and be ready to come back and play. And he's been unleashed by Jamal Mosley. Did you see this? Uh, he had a, he had a chase down block and then he comes back and Orlando turns the ball over and he just sprints back and chases down another layup. And he's just like a one man wrecking crew. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's amazing to watch. And of course, and John Hammond, who's the architect of that team, obviously like was the guy who not found Giannis because every well, more people knew about Giannis than just him, but he's the guy who drafted Giannis. And you can see a lot of that. Okay. This is what he was starting to build up in Milwaukee. And now we're seeing like, you know, what did I call it? It was uh, it's, it's project six, nine in Toronto. And I'm calling it in Orlando vision six, 10, because all these guys are tall and can make plays. I think it was always that. Vision 6-9. I don't think it ever actually turned into vision. a project because I okay. think it, uh, I don't think that's maybe accurate. I that. Maybe I have those backwards. I don't remember. It's, it's always felt just like a hallucination that maybe one, one man is seeing that nobody else is. I'm glad you brought up mostly though, because I was just going to say like what a difference it is when you have a coach that you're your players want to play for. And the fact that Mo, you said this, like the fact that they're winning close games and they're beating really good teams, like the magic play up, which is, again, I feel like that's such a rarity for teams maybe at this level. And it's like such a good Testament, I think to where they can go and what their ceiling is next year. I do think they're playing team. I love the Pistons, but I would never have said that about this season. (laughs) Well, I mean, some of us just had different ideas. Okay, it's okay. Katie? That's what we're here for. That's why they pay us the big bucks. Um. I mean, look, it's a whole different world in Detroit if Cade Cunningham doesn't get hurt. That Absolutely. that is legit. And so, Absolutely. you know, that being said, if they get Victor Wembanyama, it's going to be a whole different world there. Anyway. Yeah, but what if the Magic do? I don't. All right. I look if we're gonna fix <laughs> if we're if we're putting our gonna if we're gonna our brain yeah if we're gonna actually fix the lottery he's got to go to San Antonio this is this is what I need I need it let's close let's like write the last chapter of the book and make it rhyme that's what I would like <laughs> Katie you got anything to plug while you're here uh what do I have to plug what do I have to plug I actually wrote um I mean some people are calling it scathing I just think he was very honest but I wrote something about the Mavs uh, and basically putting to put their season in context you have to go historically well back and see all the things they've done wrong this isn't just a this season problem but um, that's on gaming society and uh, I went to Dallas as I mentioned earlier to cover the women's final four uh, and I wrote a recap about that and that just came out today on dime I also interviewed we want to talk about hopeful young players on the Rockets who I don't think are getting enough good <laughs> of anything. Um, I, t- I interviewed Jalen Green yesterday, who was such a sweetheart. Awesome. And that's on time. Uh, okay. And Mo, one more thing. That's as all I was it this week. What was it this week? It was it was the Suns placement of Kevin Durant and how they kind of move him around and find ways to get him on the weak side. It's going to cause a lot of headaches for teams.
Running running him off the double drag is just unstoppable. It is uh, the, the reason that I think Phoenix, if if not, KD is going to be healthy. Not even that, Dave. Running the double drag with him on the weak side and putting that defender in a decision of do I take the role or do I take Kevin Durant? Good luck. <laughs> Kevin Durant shooting 60% from on twos and mostly jumpers. This is just an insane season from him. And for me, guys, go to sportsbusinessclassroom.com. Registration's open. Las Vegas Summer League. Go and check it out. For Katie Heindel, for Moda Keel, I'm Dave DeFore, and this has been Nerder. She wrote on the Athletic NBA Show. Hey, baseball fans, this is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.